Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. You ready for this? Ching, ching. <laughs> We've turned into an ASMR podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, lovely listeners. Now, if you are somewhere that is safe, if it's an appropriate time of the day, which for me is past 8 a.m., to be honest. <laughs> Pour yourself some bubbles. No judgment if you don't drink. Pour yourself a cup of tea. And mum hack, get a cup of tea in a cup and pour some bubbles in it. No one will ever know. Take it to the park. I always go to the park with my insulated coffee mug. Normally when I'm meeting other people there, not when I'm at the park by myself. And fill it with wine. Um, I do try and make sure it's after midday. But today we are coming to you with an unfiltered Q&A that we have been promising for such a long time. And full disclosure, this is actually the second time we have recorded this episode. Fingers crossed it goes a little bit better this time. Last time we tried to record it, We were potentially a few too many drinks deep by the time we started it and the episode went a little something like... It was hilarious at the time. But what was it like when we listened back to it? (laughs) And to be honest, if you weren't there, it was not going to be worthy of a listen. Most of the answers I didn't understand and I was either the one listening to it or the one answering it, so it's not a good sign. So we've asked Can you you just put your mic? this down so I can see your face for anyone listening basically we've got like little shields over our microphones and all I can see is Sophie being a meerkat with her shield. I'm shorter than you I'm really like. Well get on another pillow. Let me get on another pillow. Okay. There she is. Oh, welcome to the show, Safe. Fantastic. Now, you guys have sent in your questions that you want us to answer. Some of them are a bit more get to know us and some of them are a bit more juicy. So Mm. maybe we'll start simple. What have you got for us? All right. So, oh, wow, this is a big one. For all the new listeners, we're just going to start from scratch and reintroduce ourselves so everyone else understands. And perhaps it's a different take on the first episode we've ever done, but that's up to you to re-listen. How did you two meet and start the podcast? All right. So we met over Instagram. We had actually only ever met once before we started the podcast. Some people have asked us if we're sisters. Some people have thought we're sister-in-laws, school friends. Friends, none of that. We met six months before we started the podcast. We had Insta hard ons for each other. Yeah, we had Insta hard ons (laughs) for each other. We went on a bit of a blind date. We were both nervous. We had good banter on Instagram. Like, neither of us have ever done the whole Tinder thing, but I reckon that's what it would kind of be like that it's like okay cool we've got online banter we swiped right I swiped right hard for you, but it was like, what is it gonna be like when we actually meet up? 
And it went well. Yeah, it was smooth sailing. Look, it's always awkward when you first meet a new mum friend and you're like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, hang on. Kids, ah, isn't it funny that they're all like playing together and then then you start to like calm down and interact. But I feel like we did well. I mean, we have different humour but also similar humour. So, yeah, I think one of the funniest things. So from there then I had the idea that I wanted to start a podcast and Jade had been really open on social media about your journey with postnatal depression and anxiety and, and I so, said so if you wanted to like buy me out and like I want her on my podcast <laughs> to talk about it. she sounds like she's got a good story <laughs> people can relate to her <laughs> she sounds like she'll get me the listens <laughs> um no and then so I asked Jade I said would you want to come on and share your story for me <laughs> no <laughs> and Jade was like yeah yeah I'm really interested and then I obviously hadn't launched a podcast yet and Jade ended up coming back to me and being like oh have you ever considered considered having a co-host and I was like no but that's a great idea and so the podcast was born it was born we gave birth and it was a beautiful baby podcast beyond the bump and I think one of the things that we often say is that when we first met up and I think even on our first meeting, we felt that we were somewhat similar. We felt we had similar humour, similar, similar interests. On our first episode, we were like, shit, do we sound too similar? Is anyone going to be able to tell us apart? And the thing that I guess has been nice about this podcast is I feel like our relationship has grown as our listeners have grown with us. Mm. Like we've kind of got to know one another live on air. We're trying to make an effort to hang out a bit more outside of recording, i.e. we're staying away tonight and then, of course, we've decided to record while we're here anyway. (laughs) But I think that, you know, sometimes podcasts work really well when they're like really, really tight friends. But I think something that's nice and unique about ours is that when we started the podcast, we really didn't know one another that well and we've come to realise we could not be more different. And I think that works. Well, so people tell us it absolutely works. I Mm. feel like you bring an audience that people love and I bring an audience that people pretty much put up with and then we have a whole podcast. (laughs) So I'm glad that we work together. How do you feel that we differ? Good question. I think that I am really, you always make the term fast and loose. Now, I would like to say that I am more, if I say something inappropriate, it's in the air, it's done. I don't mind if I've said too much. I don't mind if I've, you know, off the cuff, that's who I am. So I feel like in that way, I'm more like that. You're a little bit more reserved Mm. than I feel like I am obviously I go on personal experiences. You've got a lot more education up your sleeve because you are a doctor. So that works because I have what probably the audience has. So I can ask those organic questions that people are probably thinking, whereas you're probably not thinking them because you already know the answer. Mm. So that's probably why I think it works well. What about you? So do you not like the term fast and loose? Do you find it offensive? Well, Explain to me what fast and loose is and why it's a compliment. Okay, so I think it's more like, as you said, I would say it's a similar term as like you do things off the cuff. Like I don't think you necessarily think things through as much, but I don't see that 
like I don't mean that in an offensive way. Like my husband, I call him fast and loose and I love the shit out of him. In and bed I've chosen or? No, 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 he's not too fast in bed, <laughs> which is good. And I hope I'm not too loose. <laughs> but like, you know, I've chosen to marry him, so I don't see that as a negative. But yeah. what is it? It's that like you don't think things through too much. Like things just like come together for you. And yeah, like you don't mull over things and you don't like everything doesn't have to be a hundred percent fine to be okay like I don't see you as a perfectionist I see you as that's good enough so that's good enough and Mm. they're things that I think because I can get caught up on details I actually am jealous of those things so I would hate for you to see it as a negative because I look at people like you and Nick and I'm like can't you just realize that like it'll come together and it'll be fine. Like you don't have to have all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. Like it drives me crazy because like Nick will have something that needs to be done the next day and he won't have organised it. So I'll be stressing about it and he's not even stressing about it. And then, of course, on the day he like gets it done and – yeah, so it's funny. I feel like it's already more... preempted the whole thing. Yeah, and, and I think sorted. it's just one of those things that, like, you know, the grass is always greener. Like, I wish I had a bit more of what you had, and I won't speak on your behalf, but maybe sometimes you were like, oh, I wish I, like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. No, so I, 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 I hope you don't see it as an offensive thing because I actually really love those characters. That's so good because, uh, like, for nearly two years, I've thought you were a complete bitch and I thought you hated <laughs> me and you just called me fast and loose as being a mole. So I'm so glad that you actually have explained that now. I'm concerned that you've continued yeah, to. Um, let's cheers to that. <laughs> I'm so concerned that you've continued to, like, run a business with me. I don't know. And look, we're not just going compliment for compliment. People are going to be like, this is the shittest this is a episode. Fest. But in me saying it, because we haven't had this conversation, one, because we haven't had time, and two, because we pretty much go to work, record, and then we go home. Like it's it's we don't have a lot of downtime together. Mm. So if we're going to talk about business, I commend you and the, the things that I like about you is you are a perfectionist. So if there are things that I'm like, let's do this, you'll go, well, hang on. And then you will get the bits that actually need to be pulled out and then we go live or whatever we do, we post. And I think it's a nice combination because you've got some rawness and you've got a bit of perfectionism mm. that is is blending together. No, I think that's why it works well. That's, yeah. why, that's why I mean, again, that it was never, yeah, never a criticism. It was that I think that people who are like you need people like me in their Absolutely. lives and I think people like me need people like you in, it, in their lives because I think maybe yours would be too... Loose. Loose and mine would be like nothing would actually, like things would get done but it would be like where's the enjoyment? So you, let's just say you were the yin to my yang. No, I think I'm the yang and you're the yin. Actually, I don't really understand. (laughs) Anyway, yin, yang, yang, yin, whatever. Okay, let's get on to the second question. Where did you guys grow up and was it a private or public high school that you went to? Okay, so we both grew up in Victoria. I grew up in the Bayside area. So I lived in like Hampton, Sandringham and Brighton during my school years and I went to a private school from year two onwards. It's really interesting because I have like not a semi-polar opposite experience, but I went to, in primary school, I went to a public school and then I went to Sydney for two years 
But then I ended up going back to Melbourne and spending my year nine to 12 years at a school that was Catholic. So it's like semi-private. It's not Mm. public. It's not private. It's in the middle. And I really loved it. I thought it was a really nice, happy medium. We all had classes together. Yeah, I was a class clown to some extent, but I knew my limit except for the time that I did get sent to the principal's office because I was shining my light on my teacher's testicles, like on the on From your watch. Yeah, from so my the watch. The sun was coming through the window onto your watch. So the whole class was laughing <laughs> and I was shining it, thinking I was hilarious, laughing my head off. And then right at the end he goes, Jay, can you stay behind? And I went bright red. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, you fucking idiot. Went up there and he was like, do you think I should call your parents and tell them what you've done all class or should we just let this one slide? And I said, I would love (laughs) for this to slide. And he said, you've got detention twice, get out. And that was it. So So he knew the whole class what you were doing and let it just keep happening. Yeah. It was a Roxy watch if anyone was interested. But it was really Swans good. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway. Swans Rust Roxy, your watch is a great for shining light on teachers' <laughs> testicles. Yeah, so it was a good time. So you were the class clown and I was like the prefect type yep. person. So and here we nothing's are. changed. Nothing's changed. And I had boyfriends throughout high school and it was really strange actually. Every time, like when I moved to Melbourne, I was a class clown in Sydney and then I went to Melbourne and for some reason people thought the new chick was like good looking but I I is the new chick you yeah me (laughs) and I I saw myself as this little girl that still played dolls and I'm gonna admit it because I happily played dolls up until the age of like 13 14 I was an only child things happen and I ended up being asked out two days in by this guy named Joel and then he bought me a present and I dumped him and then I went out with another guy and he bought me a present and I found out and I dumped him too and then I went out with another guy and I had an epiphany I was like every time one of these guys buys me a present I don't want a bar of it Mm. I don't know what it is it's Mm. like it was too much Mm. like too much commitment yeah Yeah. so I was like (gasps) no anyway got rid of that ended up having a long relationship which was very up and down. Anyway, long story short, I finished year 12, didn't go to university. I went traveling around the world. We did six month stints here and there everywhere, me and my husband, my now husband, my only husband. (laughs) And I feel like for me, worldwide experience has been the best lesson in life. So it's just really interesting everyone's take. And obviously parents and their experiences what they choose and what they've grown up doing or what experiences they've had. For me, seeing the world and understanding being social and social, like for, look, for me, school is like a social education, right? Yes, you learn all the basics of maths, blah, blah, blah. You go to uni to get a profession. For me, high school was knowing where I stood, understanding other people's personalities, seeing where I was in terms of communicating with different relationships, different friendships, teachers, and that's what I took from high school. Whereas school for me was the opposite. do well, I got into uni straight yeah. out of school, but, hey, we've ended up in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that even say? I probably should have travelled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, next question. How did your partners propose? Oh, mine was quite funny. So Nick and I had for quite a while before Nick proposed been looking for a block of land and we were looking out in like hinterland Byron area and had been to a couple of auctions but hadn't bought anything. And I had, it was in June of 20. 15, I guess, because we got married in 2016. And I had just finished my last exam that afternoon of like a week exam block. And I got home and Nick wasn't home yet. And then he came upstairs and he was being like super duper weird. And I was like, oh, do you reckon you can just like witness this document for me? And he like, yeah, he like signed it and like threw the pen down. And I was like, oh, can you like date it too? Like you're being so weird. And he dated it. And Nick is like cool as a cucumber all the time. Like nothing flaps him. And I was like, you're like, I didn't think too much about it. I was just like, oh, you're being a bit stressy. Anyway, he's like, I'm going upstairs for a shower. And he goes upstairs and he's up there for quite a while and he comes downstairs and it's, um, I mean, like it's June, sure, but we were living on the Gold Coast at the time, like it's not that cold. He comes down with like this like puffer jacket and I was like, mm, okay, right, okay. And we were going out for dinner with a couple of our friends that night and he comes downstairs and it's just like in the kitchen and he goes to me, oh, um, so I wanted to let you know that six weeks ago I went to a auction and I bought a block of land. And Six I like I start well and he's like, and it settles this weekend. And I start being like, what the fuck? That is so weird. Why would you not tell me? Like that is a huge decision to make on your own. Like and he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, stop, stop, stop. The reason I didn't tell you is because it settled this was on Friday night and he goes, it settles on Sunday and I was going to take you there to ask you a question. And I was like, (gasps) and then he like got down on one knee and got a ring out of his puffer jacket. While you're at home. While we're at home. But he goes, I couldn't wait. And he's like, so will you marry me? And I was just standing there for so long being like, what? Are you sure? What? What? (laughs) And he's like, you haven't said yes yet. And I was like a bird to something shiny. Like I just grabbed the ring out of the box. And he's like, no, I'm meant to put that on your finger. Like if someone was filming it, it was Quite disastrous. (laughs) Anyway, he ended up explaining to me that he had picked up the ring that day and it was a Friday. He was planning on taking me out to this block of land on the Sunday and proposing there, but he was just like riddled with like what am I going to do with the ring for 48 hours? Like what the hell? We were actually going to a health retreat on the Sunday night. So he's like we won't even be able to have a drink there. We're going out for dinner with our friends tonight. Like at least we'll be able to have a drink tonight. And he just like so anyway, as soon as it happened, I like call my parents and they were like, you're not meant to be engaged yet. Because like, <laughs> Nick had literally just called dad to like get his approval. And he's like, you're not meant to be engaged for another 48 hours. And Nick was like, yeah, I couldn't wait. So, oh, my God, that's so yeah, cute. It was really sweet. Anyway, we ended up selling the block of land. We never built on it because we and decided And I've never ever heard that ice. story. Yeah. How sweet. Yeah. So what about you? Okay. So we are two kids deep at this stage and I come home from having the kids. I'm at my wit's end as usual and I throw them in the bath. So I'm just watching them in the bath. And look, same thing. The whole day, Harry was acting really strange, real flighty. And I was like, oh, he's obviously stressed about something, whatever. And he goes, oh, I got to go for a fish. And I'm like, 
okay, bye, goes down and has a fish and then 10 minutes later he calls me and he's like, Jade, there is a beached whale down at Waddy Goes. You need to come and have a look. And I'm like, I was like, fuck, yeah, all right, we'll see that. So he comes back up, we get the kids dressed and we're coming down and when I look back, his heart, it was like it was out of his body. He was pounding, he was shaking and we walked down the road and we went all the way up these stairs to Little Waddy Goes. As we're walking, he's like, we can't get through this section because it's been blocked off because there's so many, what do you call them, like rescue teams there looking after this whale and I was like oh okay cool and so then we cross over this little tiny patch and as I'm walking I've got Billy in my arms I look over and I look over this cliff and the whole of little Wadigos has in the sand will you marry me and I looked at it and I sort of, I just didn't click. I was like. Is that for someone else? Yeah, I'm like, are we witnessing someone else's <laughs> That's engagement? That's so sweet for them. <laughs> I know. And then I turn around and he is on one knee <gasps> shaking with a ring and he says, I love you, will you marry me? And I was just absolutely blown away, kissed him. Oh, my God, yours is way more romantic. No, and then and then we had a few of his friends that obviously wrote all the, like, yeah. the I love you on the beach. Apparently they had to get a whole excursion of Japanese people off the beach because they wanted this to be a moment. So then I hear this applause behind me going, yay, because everyone watched the whole thing. Oh, my God. And it was just beautiful. It was so, so beautiful. Did you, um, after having two kids together and not being married, which is fine, did you think, yeah, we will get married one day or were you just kind of at the point where you were like, oh, you know, no, we're on to the next stage of our life, it's not a big deal or was marriage a big deal for you? Um, I wanted to get married because I just felt like it looked like a fun time and I feel like if you were with, I know we did it like backwards in a sense if we're being traditional, but I felt like we had two children together. We absolutely adored each other. We got through two children 16 months apart and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to be married. Like we love each other. Yeah. So, yeah, he somehow found a ring that I, okay, I'm going to lie. He literally, (laughs) (laughs) I sent him a text a few weeks back going, I love this ring, just letting you know. And anyway, from there. And a light bulb moment went off in his head. And I always laugh when you see proposal pictures and the, one of them's like, oh, my God, I had no idea it was going to happen. <laughs> and it's like, girl, you have a perfect manicure. Like, do what not hit me with that shit. No, nah, it was really, really beautiful. So I'll never forget that. All right, Jade, we're ready to spice things up a bit. Have your kids ever walked in on you having sex? I think we have mentioned this in one of the (laughs) past episodes, but yes, Mia walked in and we were doing something the non-traditional way and... No, okay, come on. This is not a PG podcast. What do you mean we were doing something the non-traditional way? All right, we were on the bed getting groovy and I was on all fours and he was behind me. So you were doing doggy. Thank you. Yep. And I saw Mia coming down the hallway and she stopped. Oh, God, you're facing out. And I was like, oh... And she was like, what are you doing? Like so grossed out and so confused. How old would she have been? She would have been five. Yeah. And I said, daddy fell on me. (laughs) Daddy just slipped. I thought you said daddy got stuck, didn't you? Well, maybe I did. Look, (laughs) fell, got stuck. 
whatever it is, he did that. And she was like, whoa, rolled her eyes and just walked straight back out of the room. And were you guys like stark as naked? Yep. But he just laid on top of me. Yeah. Like it it was like, oh. So, yeah, we've, look, Billy's never. I feel like Billy is too oblivious to even, like she'd come in and just ask what's for lunch and be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, cool, okay, and not even like gather what's going on. Yeah, But she's also not really at the age. I mean, she is six. I don't know. She's just And have you had the sex chat yet? Yes, I was a little bit hesitant with that, but I started Googling all these things and I went straight to the bookstore and got this really good book about explaining because I didn't want to brush it off. I thought if they've come to me, asking that question, I don't want to go say, oh, well, me and your dad rooted and this is what happens and then you came out. I wanted to be a little bit more respectful because <laughs> obviously we had love when we made you. But what happened was I got this book that explained in a really nice way the whole journey of how you conceive mm. to what happens It talks about penises in the penis way and vagina and blah, 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 and it was absolutely humiliated. They laughed, they giggled, it was completely inappropriate, and then I gave it to my dad one day at night and I was like, can you read this book to the girls? It's a new book they're really interested in. He sits down on the bed and he's like, nah, that's way out of my realm and just walks out. But they, look, they get somewhat what it is and I feel like, If I'm open, I'm an open mother, then that makes them more open to me when they have things that they need to come Mm. to. So that's the way I see it. Mm. Have you had any sexual conversations with Poppy? Yeah, well, we've kind of taken the approach of if we just make it really normal from the start, then hopefully we don't have to have that chat. I mean, she's not of the age that she's ever like walked in on us or anything like that or would know what that was. And let everyone know what her age is now. She is three and a half. Okay. Yeah. So she's never like seen us having sex or anything like that, but she is obsessed with both of our top drawers. So she, (laughs) um, she loves playing with condoms in their wrappers and she, and you know, like I'm like, okay, if you're going to play with that, I'm going to tell you what it is. So I say to her, that's a condom. And she goes, what is that for? And I say, it goes on daddy's penis. And she's like, okay. Like it's just like she doesn't, you know, it's just really normal to her. And the other day her friend was round. And he went walking out, you know, like my friend was around and her son was around and he went walking out into the lounge room carrying a condom in the wrapper, unused. Um, Just want to put that out there before anyone comes at me. And his mum said to him, oh, what have you got there? And Poppy turned around and said, he's got a condom. That's from Daddy's Penis. And I'm just kind of like, okay, sure, it'll come an age where she'll find that more embarrassing. But I'm like, if she sees it and asks, I'm just going to tell her now and hopefully it means that it never has to be this big discussion. And Poppy has said to me before, you know, like, but how do the babies get in the mummy's tummies? Mm. And I've said from sex. And then, you know, she once said, can I see a picture of sex? And I said, no, (laughs) you can't see a picture of sex. But, you know, I kind of explained it to her and we've got this book called Making a Baby that shows all the different ways babies are made. So it explains IVF and sex. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not the Kama Sutra. I oh, haven't good. quite given her that. But the funniest part is, and the part that we haven't quite explained to her yet, is she always asks for the monster zapper. Oh, now God. the monster zapper is one day she went into our top drawer 
and found the vibrator. It's not like a penetrative vibrator. It's sure. just a vibrator for the clitoris. So it's your um, top drawer. So it's my top drawer. <laughs> and I walked into our bedroom one day and she was playing with it and I said, what have you got there? And she goes, it's the monster zapper. <laughs> um, so she thinks that kills monsters. And you know, I'm very into open discussion but we haven't quite got to the point of explaining what that actually does and we have now hidden it so she can't play with it. But every now and again when we're like joking, like hiding from bears or hiding from monsters, she'll say, oh, let's get the monster zapper. <laughs> Out so that we can kill the monster. So, yeah. 21st story for sure. <laughs> All right, we've got a classic question. 45 minutes of resettling a crying baby or 45 minutes of giving a blowjob? Oh, let me think about that. 100% 45 minutes of resettling a baby. It's not even a question. <laughs> Fuck that. Agreed. I concur. Okay, Jade. Yes. Please, if you don't follow Jade on Instagram, you it's should. at London X Boston. Give us a backstory on that fucking creepy doll. She, he looks like Trump. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did you come from? Cat Nigel. <laughs> okay, so this doll, my girls became obsessed with a doll called Reborn Dolls. And when it was Christmas time, they're like, I want Santa, I want a Reborn Doll. So I go- Reborn from where? Like oh, literally- I can't even. Hell? Yeah. So I, I Googled it and Reborn Dolls are fucking $700. <gasps> like the actual Reborn Dolls oh, where they're like real life dolls, you know? Real- You know, like back in the day, you have a TV guide and at the back, there'd be like a really like $500 expensive monopoly or there would be a really expensive doll, like advertisement. That's what it was. This is like the ultimate of dolls. It's pretty much like giving birth without the crying. Now they wanted that. And I was like, I'm sorry, I am not forking out $1,400 on two dolls. I've got nightmares all around me at the moment that are literally crying and screaming. So I went for the next best thing on eBay and it was a reborn doll. Looked at the pictures, looked pretty good, looked pretty cute. And they arrived, looked at them in the package, was like, it's fine. Wrapped them up. Then Christmas came around and my whole family was sitting down on the couch watching the girls open these presents and my dad (laughs) gasped. My dad was like, (gasps) and he grabs this doll that looks like Donald Trump and he holds it up and he just says, I'm going to make Byron great again. And we all piss ourselves laughing we couldn't stop then we kept on calling it Donald but Billy by this time was so upset that we were actually like criticizing her so baby. did she look at that doll and think that's great best that's ever cute. they both did they loved it but then like like they didn't look at it and think oh my god that's creepy no. and it's gonna stab me in the middle of the no night. but then as adults we're looking at it I mean for some weird reason it's got like red marks on its elbows red marks I just on want to explain knees. what it looks like it's like got extremely <laughs> fine hair that looks Bert like it's Newton, kind of Bert balding. Yeah, it's got plugs. And then its skin is kind of like a greyish tone. Dead and the skin looks a bit like saggy. I didn't know about the red elbows, but it's it's, it's really unwell Sad. looking. So 
anyway, I mean, they've been playing with it on and off. And then one day Billy was so upset that dad was outside shaving his head that she asked if he could shave the hair off her baby reborn because maybe that'll stop everyone laughing at it. Oh boy, did it not. It got shaved and it looked worse than ever. It looked absolutely horrendous. And now, (laughs) a few years later, Yumi is obsessed with one of them, only particularly the one that has no arm that Rudy chewed off. Mm -hmm. So it's got one arm, shaved hair, absolutely feral. She doesn't want to dress it. She's not interested in that, but she loves rocking it and she just absolutely loves it so well look any toy that lasts a few oh, yeah. years still played with is a good investment in my, no yeah yeah even if it looks like donald trump if I they're th- still playing with the same toy a few years later it's a win i know even like- if it does get up in the middle of the night and do weird voodoo shit all right calm down it'll freak me out okay sophie what made you not go back to medicine i'm a doctor and your life looks amazing and let's just say that was sent in that's not jade she's not a doctor <laughs> Um, Look, whenever anyone asks me, I say never say never. I'm not saying I'm never returning to medicine, but right now I don't feel like I'm lacking anything in my life that I would get through working as a doctor. I really like the flexibility of my life. I like that I'm able to, you know, really be around for my kids, which I'm not saying you can't do that if you're a doctor, but I'm really liking really focusing on them for these young years. I definitely am someone that I do feel the urge to work outside of my children. I feel like working makes me a better mother. Um, And so I really love what I do work-wise. And I feel like one of the main reasons that I wanted to be a doctor, and it sounds really cliche, but was to help people. And I feel like through this podcast, we've just found another platform that is way more flexible, way less stressful, that allows me to hopefully be able to help people and make a difference in people's lives. And that's not to blow smoke up my own ass, but you know, like we get the messages of people saying thank you for this podcast. And um yeah, so never say never, things always change. Look, a couple of years back, you know, I would never have guessed that this is what I would be doing for work. I get to talk now for work. Like how good is that? And spend time with my kids and spend time with my family and, yeah, Mm. so never say never but, yeah, not right now. Yeah, fair enough. Jade, what did your husband end up saying when he found out that you had had Botox? Um, (laughs) (laughs) He still doesn't know. I've had Botox. That's what happens when you don't listen to your wife's podcast. I want to say that when he does ask me, I'm literally going to say to him, if you had have supported and listened to the podcast, any episode, you would have had have known. So it's your luck. It's your bad luck. So no one, like none of his mates or partners have listened and like told him or anything? No, I don't even think like my friends even listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I look, who knows, but I have really, I guess, warmed him up to the fact that Botox is fine over these periods of time. Like, you know, what if they have Botox and you just look fine and you don't look like that person? Like, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love that it's semi his fault because it is. It's like if you were supportive, you'd know you're not. So bad luck. That's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. What is something that people think makes them look cool but actually makes them look ridiculous? I'm going to call it right now. 
the people that wear, and I'm sorry if your husband, I'm sure it's not you, but if they are the ones wearing it or your partner, they wear their sunglasses on the back of their <laughs> head and walk around. That's not cool. Do you think they actually think it looks yes, cool? Yes, that is a style. It's like someone who wears Crocs, which actually kind of is cool. I'm confused. But that sunglasses on the back <laughs> of their bald head is an <laughs> actual style. I just don't understand the point of it. Yeah, well, that's what they think is cool. So they just like, yeah. I don't have one that's coming to my head, but that is so random that you even thought of that. I know. 30 days without your phone or your whole life without dessert. I don't eat dessert. I could really, really easily go without dessert. I would hands down throw my phone in the ocean for a year. <laughs> I know you would. If I wasn't able if to have dessert. One day yeah. dessert. <laughs> I'd be like, shit. So, yes. You're like, give up my entire career <laughs> if it means I can still have dessert. <laughs> love it. So I want to say though, that doesn't mean that I'm well behaved. One of my other friends, she thinks I'm really, really well behaved because I never snack. Like I don't have a sweet I think you're really well behaved too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sit down with me for a main meal, a main savory meal that is carbohydrate heavy. And I do not have an off switch. Wow. Like I could eat a ton of hot chips or like the other night I went out with some friends for Indian and like I just kept going back for more rice more and dal. more curry sauce and more naan. Like you can't stop me. But then if you say, what do you want for dessert? I'm not interested. Wow. I mean, that's pretty good because most sugar is in dessert. So that's where I go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And alcohol and the rest. Of it. You know, <laughs> here we are. All right. Now we're going to get on to a different segment. We're doing Never Have I Ever Mum Edition. Okay. We haven't looked at the questions. All right. I typed them up, but we I have not seen She the has questions. not seen them. We are going to just go straight into them. We have to, are we going to make a rule that how does it work? We have to drink if we. Have done it? Yeah. Yeah, because then we'll be pissed by the end. All right. Never have I ever tasted my child's snot drink. I've sucked my child's nose when they were really, really clogged up. It didn't work, though. I couldn't really get it happening. And I definitely. It was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get the little fest thing instead. Never have I ever caught someone else's bodily fluids in your hand. (laughs) Well, every. Are I we mean, talking about like husbands, or are we talking partners about partners or children? children? Well, to be honest, all the answers are pointing I've to had, my heart. I've had many fluids in my hands <laughs> from from all members of my family. Right, so sick oh. to that. <laughs> As in, like your hands okay. been pooed on, your all hands right. been vomited on. Okay. Right, let's drink and semen. Mm. All right, never have I ever used my child to get out of a social engagement that I didn't want to attend. Oh, drink. Yeah, for sure. I can't think of an example. There's too many. Never have I ever lied about my child's age to get a discount. I have. Movie world. I actually stood there and I was like, yep, 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 she's blah, blah, blah under this year and me yells out, no, I'm not, no oh. way. And I was like, shh. Anyway, I did. I haven't had to yet because my kids are still kind of classed. Like they're mm. still, they still get in they're free still free everywhere. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Never have I ever sniffed someone's butt in public. My kids, not strangers. Doesn't but matter. My ki- yeah, my kids all the time. Yeah. And my husband's one. <laughs> Make sure he hasn't shit himself. Yeah. I just didn't believe him when he said I didn't fart. I was like, oh, I don't know. So you got your nose down in yeah. his ass? Yeah. Far out. No, just let it go. Let the lie go. No, he was wrong. Never have I ever called my kid by someone else's name in the house but their own. 
Have I ever called my kid the right name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've literally said every name but their own, including the dogs and the gardeners. So yeah, fair <laughs> call. Let's drink. Sophie, you're not drinking. Yes, I am. All right. Never have I ever peed my pants a little while sneezing. I mean, clearly that's what I do every day. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Drink whatever. Never have I ever let my kids. <laughs> She's already <laughs> Never have I ever let my kids what net watch. Try that again, love. Never have I ever let my kids watch Netflix so that my husband and I can chill in the <laughs> other room without anyone barging in. Jade does it with her kid in the room. <laughs> Don't be a sicko. <laughs> you told us in the, whole, in the other episode. sick. You did it. Okay. But we're asking you that question. I never have had to because Poppy has only just started dropping her nap. So we haven't really got to the point where we've had to do that yet. Like we just do it in nap time. My husband never does it in nap time. It's every 24-hour period. Thank God he's got a vasectomy. That's all I can say. A what? Vasectomy. <laughs> Vagina. Vasectomy. People. All right. Never have I ever felt relief when seeing another tired, stressed and dishevelled mum because it made me feel less alone. Yeah, I mean, you feel bad for them. No, nah, I'm you're drinking. Like, for you're sure. like, yeah, I'm drinking. <laughs> it's so good. No one likes when their friend rocks up to like, you know, morning catch-up. Oh, no, like, I had eight you. hours sleep every night for the past week. It's like, yeah, cool, your kid's probably boring. <laughs> <laughs> Never have I ever fallen in part in front of my kids <laughs> screaming, sobbing in the fetal position because sometimes motherhood is hard. I have done that so many times to the point where I'm like, I just don't understand why you guys can't <laughs> clean your room and <laughs> Billy actually has empathy and she does do it. She's like, here, mum, I've cleaned the room. I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad mum. You're not. No, I know. I cr- have cried many times in front of my kids, but I don't think like screaming, sobbing in the fetal position. I have, but it's over other things, not my children. Yeah, every time I've cried, even if I think it's related to the kids, it's always about something else. <laughs> like what? Oh, when, you know, people leave harsh comments on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine you curled up on the couch going, why? And Poppy's just looking at you, sucking her thumb. Never have I ever eaten something that my child has half chewed off the floor. Drink. There was a time there when Goldie started solids that I think like my entire daytime diet was off the floor. <laughs> like I was whipping up things for them. I just completely forgot about myself and nearly everything I ate was their leftovers or off the floor from them. Speaking of that, someone wrote in, how did you convince your husband, not that you have to, that you wanted to get Meryl Sweep? Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, Meryl Sweep is my robot vacuum. And I didn't have to convince my husband. I bought Meryl Sweep with my own money. (laughs) And even if you don't work like and your partner goes off to work that is still your money you're staying home to look after the kids and I don't think vacuuming should be put down like that's why I actually bought her during the Mother's Day sale which made me feel a bit ick because I'm like I bet you she's not on sale for Father's Day Ooh. 
You know, like I, I don't think vacuums should be given to women for really, their birthday really or for heavy. Mother's Day. Like I said to Nick, I said, I'm buying this vacuum and this is not my Mother's Day present mm. because like, yeah, I, I didn't have to convince him. I'm like, it, it's the same price as like other cordless vacuums or whatever. And, you know. And said, also like for a tip, just say like, if I can free up some services by someone doing a sweeper and the vacuum, maybe I can do. That sentence literally made no, no sense. Let me say, it. hang on. Look, if you can Put it in the light of telling your partner that, no, I'm not even going to say it anymore. Yeah, and I think that Nick knows that if there's jobs that don't need to be done, he goes further up the list. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Moving on to some of the last questions. What is one physical and mental thing that annoys you about yourself? Oh, that's deep. A physical thing, I wouldn't say it annoys me, but like one thing I would change is I don't particularly like my boobs post breastfeeding. I'm totally fine with having small boobs. I don't, I don't miss the big boobs of breastfeeding or anything like that, but I do sometimes catch them in the mirror and I'm like, oh, fuck, they look sad. Like they, they look great. No, they're, like they're little sweet potatoes. <laughs> sweet potatoes. They are. They're like the teeniest little. You'd be asking for a refund on your sweet potatoes. Have you seen mine? No, but I'm just saying that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they they just look so empty and sad to me. So I think if I was going to change one thing, they would be a bit more perky and a bit more full. Yeah. But I don't think I'm willing to like get augmentation. Because I don't think that that will actually provide the outcome I'm looking for. I just want pre-baby boobs. I don't actually want a boob job, if that makes sense. It does. And what about mental? Mental thing for sure would be that I just wish I had a thicker skin. And, you know, we've spoken about this in the last few weeks with, you know, backlash over some of the guests we've had on the podcast and that kind of thing. And and it's funny because sometimes I have times where I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I care way less what people think now than I did back in the day. But then sometimes comments that aren't even necessarily like that negative or that personal really get to me. So I wish that I had thicker skin in that regard and was just like, oh, that's your fucking issue, not mine. Mm. What about you? Okay, so physical, look. Absolutely nothing. I'm yeah, fabulous. Perfect. The end. End of discussion. No, I would have to say when I exercise, I feel my best no matter what. It doesn't matter what thing that I'm irritated by. If I'm exercising, I feel good. But I always talk about the gunt, the mother's stomach that meets the underneath carriage. <laughs> and that is my biggest issue overall. And to be honest, I, I don't know if I'll ever, ever get rid of that. And I don't know if I'll ever be mad about it because I feel that I have been able to have a whole new wardrobe and let go of what I once was before being a mother to who I am now. And I have no problem with that. So look, my boobs, yeah, they, they're small and they're uneven and they look downwards, but my husband is happy with them. And there are a few areas that probably need a little bit of work, but I'm not overly 
obsessive with my personal appearance. Mm. I'm, I'm quite content with who I am. Mentally, on the other hand, <laughs> there's a huge downfall. I really focus on my mental health. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing. Because no, because it's just who I am. Like that, they... My mental load is my problem. My mental health. You could do health. with some plastic surgery. Fucking oath it could. I could go to town on my mental health with plastic surgery. Nip and tuck here, <laughs> a bit of injectables there. Absolutely. But the good thing about you and I is I have a thicker skin to Absolutely. what you have and that's where I can nurture you and make you feel a little bit safer. Don't you find it interesting though because like you have like what is diagnosed as anxiety yet you can just get over these things Mm. whereas something so minor gets me down like don't you think that's is it because you've learned strategies to deal like what's the deal it's because I because don't you think from the outside it should be that like those things affect you more because you have that baseline anxiety for me isn't about personal perception it's not about what people say to me it's not about what I'm doing. It's not about being perfect. And I'm not saying you are, but it's Mm. not about any of those things. What it is for me is me being scared about my own anxiety, me being internally troubled about what I'm thinking and what I'm going through, me having a hard time with my own brain, trying to understand life. And that for me is anxiety. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different Mm. reason for anxiety. And you probably have that when it comes to people saying things and you get a little bit anxious about that. For me, that doesn't happen. I have more of a health and what's wrong with you, which gives me my own anxiety. So yeah, it's completely different, but yeah, plastic surgery for mental health all the way. (laughs) Oh, hardest moments as a mum and how did you get through the stressful times without losing your shit? When I wrote that, I would, like from whoever wrote it, I was like, oh, that could be very generic. But I do actually have an example. We were on a plane to Paris and I had two kids under two. Whose idea was that holiday, oh, first of all? <laughs> honestly. And it was my husband's brainiac idea. And anyway, we the two children only wanted me. They didn't want Harry, they didn't want a bar of anyone else. And I was going back and forth, up and down the the plane, and I was exhausted. I had a migraine, but I had to just keep on going because there was no other option. And there were a whole capsule full of people that were looking at me. So if I didn't keep those children quiet and entertained and happy, no one else would. Mm. And that stress would make me feel like a piece of shit. So mm. that was one of the hardest times that I've ever been through. And then my husband also at the time just got so much anxiety because he wanted to make sure everyone else on the plane was mm. okay, not me, just the people on the plane. And because the kids were screaming in mm. intervals of me having them and trying to get them down, he broke down in tears. So it was a really, really, really big struggle. We would never, ever do it again at that age. Like I think you have to be so mindful of the ages to travel with children on long-haul flights. I think they have to be old enough to take a like iPad or some other form of screen tablet. And be able to sit there for a, a certain portion and, and understand. Like I think Poppy's age now, she's three and a half, yeah. I could go a long yeah. distance with her. Goldie's absolutely no way. I would rather never leave the house than have to go on a long-haul flight no. with her. And that's what it was like yeah. 
two of them and yeah. I was just broken. Yeah. But, yeah, you live and learn. Cole. I can't think of one specific moment. I mean, I, I, and I don't think that it should be phrased as how do you get through it without losing your shit. I think we should embrace that sometimes you lose your shit and that's okay and, and kids learn from seeing repair. Mm. Like they don't need you to be perfect and never show emotion and, and, and never find things difficult. I think we should really encourage parents to it's okay if you lose your shit but just own it afterwards and that's what I think I've been really making a conscious effort recently to do like if I snap afterwards I just say like Poppy I'm really sorry I spoke to you that way that wasn't a nice way for mommy to speak to you the reason I got upset is because of this this and this kids need to know that you have boundaries they have to so I just think that we need to stop almost glorifying parents that never lose their shit it's okay to and also that we're setting an example so we can't lose our shit and then when our children lose their shit we say I can't believe you did that don't raise your voice to me don't do that they'll be like well you did like what so I always like yourself I always make sure that when I do lose my shit after I calm down I say I'm sorry for acting that way the reason I did which is still uncalled for was because you weren't listening to me yeah. but I shouldn't have acted that yeah. way so I'm owning what I was and doing. And then next time when they get super frustrated I say oh remember mum gets really frustrated too I understand how you feel what about this this and this yeah. and you know it's not perfect every time but I don't think that our kids need to see emotionless parents I don't think that's helpful but yeah I mean I've been very open about you know I feel like I say it every single episode that I find between one and like 18 months really really difficult so in the past six months I've had heaps of hard moments with you know trying to juggle Goldie and Poppy's needs Mm. um and the crux of it generally is when I'm trying to do work around them and I'm trying to get back to an email and, you know, they're screaming at me because I'm on my laptop or I'm on my phone. And yeah, so I've really been trying to set boundaries around that and it's definitely made things easier. Hmm. How many times on average do you have sex per week after kids? Gosh, it really does vary. I think I've admitted that there's one week where I'm just absolutely raring to go and that's ovulation. And then after that, I'm like, no, it's all gone. Don't touch me. So ovulation week, how many times? It depends. It depends on, I mean, my- We're talking averages here. Oh God. Okay. Five times in that week. Oh my goodness gracious me. What? Go you good thing. No, but if we balance out a whole month ratio here. Okay, then tell me about the rest of the month. Well, maybe one or two. That's it. They're in the rest of the month or absolutely. once or twice a week? No, no, in in the whole month. I'm just not interested. So it really, you yep. feel a major effect. Yes, huge effect. And it happens two days after my period. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling quite good and my mood lifts and that's the best I ever feel in my whole cycle. And then a few days later, and it is like clockwork now that I have an app that tells me I'm ovulating. Before it even pops up, I'm like, I love everybody. I want 50 boyfriends. I want to get a new relationship. Oh, let's have sex with my husband. And that is how I feel. Like that is just how it is. And then after that dies down, after like 48 hours, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit over it. But obviously we do when we're together and we can, but that is the most time where I really, really want it. Other than that, it's him wanting it. Mm. 
What about you? So, I mean, I think we've said before, like, I, I don't feel as affected by mm. my cycle. I definitely got more of a libido when I got my period back after having Goldie. I feel like before that I it was so just like, oh, God, take it or leave it. Like, could not care less. Sure, I'll do it if you want to do it. But I don't generally feel like throughout the month I change that much how wow. much I want to have sex. I would say that. And I, I want to be cautious in saying this like on both of our parts because I think that probably in the scheme of things you and I, not together but with our partners, have sex more than what is the like quote unquote norm for I don't people know. postpartum. I can also say that there has been months and don't get me wrong, when I was pregnant I pretty much could tell you on one hand how many times we oh, had same. sex. When I was pregnant I honestly not do not think I had sex more than five times yeah. in nine months. But and um, but no, now and, and postpartum it could go weeks months. and I could not have cared less. Now we have sex at least once a week and I find that if we go more than a week, I get this feeling where I'm like, oh, why do I feel ah. this disconnect with you? Like why, not not why are you irritating me, but like why do I feel like we're not like working in harmony? And it's always when it reaches just past the week mark of us having sex. Wow. So I feel like to like keep us in sync, that's what we need. Yeah. And then good weeks is more frequently than that. Nice. I like it. Have you ever had a fight with your husband over something you've shared on social media? Um, yeah, look, I wouldn't say it's a fight. I'd say it's a standard Jade and Harry argument, which we have 24 times a day. <laughs> but I would say that if there is something that I post and my husband goes oh I don't want that on there and it's usually because it's because of the girls or I've overshared something I will respect him enough to take it down and go oh sorry so I mean I guess it was from a period of the girls being really little to growing up and being in bikinis he's really anti that he doesn't want that on there and I understand that I respect that so that's just how it is and there's been like Q&A's where I've really divulged in things and he's read it. But you know what? This is who I am. I am an open book most of the time. He knows that. He married that. And yes, we have obviously our own little special secrets. We have our own things that are kept to ourselves. But overall, we have found a balance where he understands that I lie to him through the podcast, RE Botox. And then there's times where I don't. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. Nick couldn't care less what I share personally in terms of myself and he actually couldn't care less about what I share about our relationship like even when our postpartum relationship and sex podcast went out I said would you like to have a listen to it before it goes live and he goes no I don't like I'm not phased by what you have to say about that the only thing we've had a disagreement but it hasn't even been a disagreement because I've totally respected what he said it's more he's brought something up and I've been like cool if that's the way you yep. feel then I'm taking that on board so I wouldn't even call it a fight or an argument has been that he doesn't want me to take on much work so like sponsored stuff on Instagram that 
involves the girls and it's not because he doesn't want us to like make money off them or whatever in terms of like he doesn't feel like I'm exploiting them but he's like I don't want it to be like they have to like perform on this said day because you have to have that content due to the brand on this date he's just like they're allowed to have an off day and he's like I feel icky being like okay like smile for this picture and I totally respect that so I've really taken that on board and I'm being conscious that sponsored work that I do is more revolved around myself than revolved around the girl. And I think that also the older they get, the more that you actually don't even have the luxury of having that option because once they start speaking and they start saying, mum, I don't want you to take a photo. Well, then you go, of course, I'm not taking a photo. That's why you don't really see Mia in any of my And that's even like Poppy already is very particular in what she wears. So when brands, you know, and I I feel extremely grateful that brands send us clothes for the girls to wear, but I'm very upfront in saying that like Poppy is so particular in what she wears and I would never force her to wear something that she doesn't want to. So that they're the only things that we've, I guess, had discussions mm. about in terms of social media. But Nick knows that I am very open, like, full stop. I'm the same and it's funny because my husband's so private. Yeah. He is the opposite of me and once again that's why opposites work sometimes because yeah. that's just how we are. But um, it is funny how different relationships work isn't it yeah let's do one last question okay have you ever seen one another naked oh that is raunchy yes (laughs) and it's so not raunchy (laughs) yes multiple times we walk around in front of each other naked and there is absolutely nothing raunchy about it I feel like I don't even like look like I couldn't even really even say what you look like naked and half the time that's because I'm pretty much taking off my shirt while we're recording most recordings Jade ends up in lingerie or less I'm too hot (laughs) I'm always boiling but yeah Yes, we have. And I like what I see, babe. Fantastic. Well, we hope you have enjoyed our ranting behaviour. And you've got to know us a little bit better for the future episodes that you listen to. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've had a couple of drinks yourself (laughs) and have a good night. Good night. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.